This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, editor-at-large and editorial cartoonist at Mississippi Today. A Smithsonian traveling exhibition examining democracy in America has chosen the Hattiesburg Library for its next location. And here to give us an inside look is Library Director Sean Farrell. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I learned a very important fact today that I did not know. And I'm the only person apparently at MPB that did not realize that. But here we're sitting there talking about your brother's cookie a minute ago, and I'm calling him a cookie monster, and you're having to listen to that. So I just was going to apologize for calling your brother a monster. While you're on the uh, air. Well, you just did it before I could. Okay. <laughs> Spoken like a true brother there. I love that. Uh, that was great. And we did find out, Java and I found out what was in the cookie, just to bring that up. It was, yeah, it was coconut and pecan. Yeah. I don't good. know where I got peanut butter from. That was good. Uh, totally left field. You totally blew it. But that's okay. I, I still love you, Javi. I really do. Um, Sean, thank you for joining us today. Well, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Um First of all, just tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been with the library, and how did you kind of get into the, the library sciences as a career? Actually, I started at uh, the Hattiesburg Library back in the uh, very early 1980s when I was still in, in graduate school. Uh, I was a history major um, looking for things you could do with history. I'd always been a big uh, reader and user of the libraries, and uh, stumbled upon librarianship as a career and, and made that choice, and I, I've loved it since. I was here in the early 80s, also worked in Richmond and Laurel, and came back to the uh, Library of Hattiesburg, Petaluma Forest County, in 1990. So it's been a 32-year uh, stint here at this particular go-round. Now you're still going strong, too. I, you know, you think about where libraries were when you started, because that's when I was, um, you and I were about the same age, and we're doing literally the card catalog, you know, with the Dewey Decimal System and everything else, and now... You've got you've got free Wi-Fi. You've got all the technology. I mean, it's just a completely different world now. No. Okay. Uh, no. Um, the most important thing, the most important thing librarians and libraries can do, is provide people with access to materials that they can read and learn from. Excellent. Um, and we have changed uh, somewhat the methodology of the way we do that. Though the vast, the best technology we can offer is the printed book. Um, and that is still the core way that we get out information and reading to people. True, true enough, we've added some services, and, and those are, are uh, the more um, flashy, if you will, things like that. But reading and presenting information uh, from day one has been, been, been what I uh, think is important and, I, and, and may be more important now than ever. I, I agree with you 100% on that. I remember as a kid literally going to the library. My mom would take me there twice a week, and we had a librarian named Judy, and, and I can't remember Judy's last name. I wish I could. But anyway, she always recommended books to me every time I went in there, and I fell in love with Wrinkle of Time because of her and because of where Redfern grows and Pippi Longstockings and Richard Scarry is an illustrator. It's a big reason why I'm a cartoonist, because of Judy in the library. So y'all really do have a huge impact on people. Well, well, thank you, and, and 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 as you point out, you know, re reading reading a book is better than reading a hundred and forty character tweet. 
Yes, and usually a lot more um, enlightening, I can tell you that. Right. Um, a definitely better way to spend your time a little bit. You know, you talk about how your job is to get information out there and everything else, and, and somehow libraries being a cornerstone, I think, of a community, it only makes sense that this this whole exhibit uh, ends up being shown at your library. It just, it just voting and being knowledgeable and everything else all seem to all go into that same pot. We, we were so very happy to be one of the six sites and, and the initial site um, that the Smithsonian Institution and the Mississippi Humanities Council, Mississippi Humanities Council, by the way, a great, great asset for our state. Amen. Um, what we, you know, it's called Voices and Votes, Democracy in America, and it really um, it presents a lot of information on uh, how radical an idea it was that government should be uh, of, of the, of, from the consent of the people rather than from above, and then it looks at all sorts of aspects. How do we vote? How does the machinery work? Who are our citizens? That sort of thing. What I really love about the exhibit, and the Smithsonian has done such a wonderful job in this, is it, it has um, video clips, it has uh, realia, it has um, stuff to read. But really what it does, in, in my view, is you read this stuff and it makes you think. It makes you ask questions. It probably raises more questions than it answers. And to to me, that's that's the essence of democracy: thinking, asking questions, and with fellow people in the democracy coming a com- coming across a common answer. I, you know, and I think about Hattiesburg's um, legacy when it comes to voting rights, and it just makes sense that y'all are the first uh, place to host this exhibit. I mean, you have Vernon Damer, not you know everything that went on with his fight to help register. Uh, African-Americans during that time, and then the the ultimate sacrifice that he gave uh, when defending his family when he was attacked by the Klan. But you think about everything that he did, so it just makes sense that you're the first place. I I don't know if that's why you got the first place to get this exhibit. Um, I'm sure there is a reason, but it just seems to be a natural fit uh, for for your library to be the first place. You know, uh we, I, I think we are a natural fit, and Hattiesburg um, has been has been an area where the expansion of democracy, particularly for Mississippi, was was really highlighted in terms of Vernon Damer, in terms of the Freedom Schools, in terms of uh, some of the very early civil rights pioneers from Mississippi. And that actually segues. I want to give a, a quick, I guess, commercial announcement, if you will. Uh, this very Friday night at six o'clock, as part of this program, we have some local programming. We're looking at the change in Hattiesburg's municipal government, which, you know, a lot of times we think Voting Rights Act, which is covered in this exhibit, 1964, cures all ills. Well, no, it gives us the tools to cure ills, so we're going to look at how it took till 1984 for Hattiesburg's municipal government to, to welcome African Americans as full participants. We've got a program at that at 6. So really, one of the things I always like to think of, both for Hattiesburg who has such a great tradition of, of the civil rights movement, but, but really for all democracy. Democracy is, is a ongoing journal, excuse me, ongoing journey. It's, it's not, you don't stop, you're never done. You have to always be, be working to make sure democracy works for everybody. Talk, talk a little bit about, I mean, I'm going to ask you in depth, I guess, about all the programs you're going to have, which I think is really um, a nice touch that you're doing these additional programs on top of the actual you know, exhibit itself, which exhibit itself is enough. But I mean, the thing, tell me a little bit about the 1984 change, because I know Jackson went from, you know, basically 
to a strong form of mayor with the city council. What was it? And that, I, that's that's exa- that's exactly and Hattiesburg as well. Yeah. His, historically, at that time, what often happened were was there were at large folks voted in to dilute African American yeah. voting strength and. The way to allow African Americans to participate more fully was to do exactly what Jackson and Hattiesburg and Biloxi and some other cities did, which was to have um, specific um, wards and districts within the city that uh, council people could be could be elected from. So you go basically from no African American participation in the Hattiesburg government uh, prior 1984 to you know African American council members and African American mayor and things like that after 1984. And you're absolutely correct in that Jackson and several other cities across Mississippi were doing the same thing at the same time. But remember, again, this is 20 years after the Voting Rights Act, so it took a while for the for, for the teeth of the Voting Rights Act to get in there. And you know when the rubber hit the road and really expand those those rights for full participation. And I remember as a kid, my parents actually voted at the library. That's where the voting precinct was a little bit. And I don't know how they do that. I mean, do you have a precinct at any of your libraries? I'm not sure how that works in Mississippi because I mean I voted a school. I mean, we 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 did, I think I think there are some precincts in the state that have, they're at the libraries. We are not. Though I will point out we do have a voter registration uh, booth nice. at the library during, during during this exhibit. So we would encourage people to, to come by and, and, and look at that as well. Because, again, it really takes an engaged um, citizenry to make democracy work. I agree. I agree. And especially, too, and everything that's gone on with voting in the elections in the last year. And I know Hattiesburg had a little bit of a dust up. I'm trying to think, was it last election or the one before that? It's Gosh, it was. It was. I remember was the cartoon. Three, I just don't remember when I did it. That's it the was, problem. It was actually three electoral cycles ago. Wow. Three okay. Ele- yeah, I know how time flies. No kidding. Yeah, it was three electoral cycles ago for uh, for a mayoral. Um, there was some dispute over the mayoral election, and what they decided to do was actually, you know, redo it. And uh, so again, it was a tough time for Hattiesburg. I think it was a tough time for everybody in Hattiesburg. But what it really pointed out is that you know if you. You know, keep your nose to the grindstone, you can make it work. And, and Hattiesburg did. Yeah, they did. And that's, I think at the end of the day, of course, trust in elections is important. And that's why I'm excited about this um, exhibit, just because the more I think people learn about how the system works, they can help build tru- builds trust to know that there are good people that are working hard to keep elections fair and honest. I, I think you're absolutely correct. We, we have one program um, that... Um, uh, Secretary of State Watson appeared uh, last Monday at the library, and he was talking about the initiative process in Mississippi. And he, he, he's a big, firm believer in, the, you know, we really need to bring the initiative back. We yeah. lost it due to the Supreme Court thing. But, but Secretary Watson was, was forthright in that, you know, I'm going to err on the side of including people <laughs> in the political process. So he, he, was, he gave a great history uh, of, of what had happened with the um, with, with with the initiative process, and, and how he thought it was really important that we that the we the state keep the pressure on our uh, elected leaders to give it to give it back to the electorate. Yeah, that's one thing. And then you know, like I said I'm not going to get super political or anything, but I mean, just covering the legislature for the last 25 years, they don't generally like to give up their power, and that would be definitely doing that. And so that's why this didn't totally surprise me that they let it die. But we'll see if they bring it back up next session and, and try to get it through another version of it. And, and, and let's hope the citizenry reaches out to the elected officials and lets them know what they think on those issues. Uh, definitely, definitely on that a little bit. So I tell you what. Um, just kind of try to think a little bit about where we're going to go next on this. Um, 
you know, when people, what are some of the hours, what are the hours that you have on the exhibit? When, and, and people, how can they come see it? What's, how does that work? So the exhibit is open from 9 to 5.30 on Monday through um, Thursday and 9 to 3.30 on Fridays and Saturdays, basically masking most of our open hours here at the library. And they just need to walk in the front door, take a right, and come down to our meeting room. We've got docents to help them go through it if they'd like, or they can go through it on their own. And there's also some local Mississippi stuff, not just the Smithsonian stuff. We have some stuff on the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party. Mississippi elections as well. Oh, that's great. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about the Smithsonian Traveling Exhibition, Examining Democracy in America and how it has chosen the Hattiesburg Library. We're going to continue our conversation with Library Director Sean Farrell. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. Today we're talking with Sean Farrell, director of the Library of Hattiesburg, talking a little bit about the new traveling exhibit, Voices of Invotes, Democracy in America. Tell you what, you can jump in. You've got some questions about this exhibit, about voting, and would like to ask a question for Sean. You can do that. We'd love to hear from you. The number, and this is easy to remember, it's 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Like I said, you've been in the library business a long time. And at the end of the day, like you said, no matter what the bells and whistles, your job is to get information out to people. And, of course, this exhibit does a great job. It is from the Smithsonian's Museum on Main Street Division, which I'd never really heard of that division before. And I've been to all the Smithsonian museums, and I love them. Tell them a little bit about the stuff that they do. Sure, and, and let me let me uh, throw in real quickly because I realize I haven't said this yet. While with a little bit of prejudice, I think that the best location for Voices and Votes, while it's in Mississippi, is going to be right here in Hattiesburg. Uh, folks need to visit the Humanities uh, Council's website because it's going to be all over the state. That's it's right. Gonna be, it's going to be in Pascagoula. It's going to be in Utica. It's going to be in Vicksburg. So if it, you know, obviously, you want to come to Hattiesburg if you can, but it's going to it's it's going to be someplace closer to you if you're not in the south part of the state, if you're not in the Hattiesburg area. Um, and the museum on Main Street is really, is, this is the second one that we've done with them. What they do is, you know, the exhibits, Voices and Votes, existed in Washington, was inside the, uh, the American History uh, Building for the Smithsonian. And they realized not everybody can make it to Washington, D.C. So what they do is they take some of their most popular exhibits, um, they, they kind of, I don't want to say downsize, but they put them in a smaller format, in a traveling format, and they ship them out all across the United States. 
so that, you know, again, you don't have to go to Washington, D.C. to see this exhibit, um, and there's several of them. And that's a great service that Smithsonian does. They take their, their very excellent um, resources, and they spread them out all across the United States. Yeah, there's something really powerful about actually seeing an object that you've read about or you've seen in history books and so forth. Uh, I just remember that we were going through, and that's like, oh, there's Lincoln's hat. You know, and you're just thinking, wow, okay, there's George Washington's suit. He slept, you know, so you're just thinking about, okay, this, for me, learning about history, it's a lot more powerful when you can actually have something almost tactile, although you can't probably touch the exhibits, but that you can experience on that. Tell us a little bit about some of the exhibits that they actually have in the exhibit. Well, you know, and, and that's the other thing. Not only you learn a lot from it, you know, let's let, let's be truthful, more. So it's also just more fun. That's right. <laughs> that That's true. That is much true. Much. So, so one of the things they have, they have, for example, they have a little, um, from the from to talk about symbolism, the machinery of government. They talk about political parties deciding that you need a little little image to, to get something across in people's minds. So, and this is they have a replica of the little hatchets that people used to carry around for Lincoln because you know he was the rail splitter. So they have a, not a hatchet, a little axe that his his people carry around. They've got torches from the first um, nighttime lit parades. Um, one of the things they they've got is they they talk about how. Um, Music is an important part of, of, of sort of our, our response to democracy and helps us uh, gather together as Americans. So they obviously have recordings of the national anthem, but they have recordings of, of This Land is Your Land and all sorts of things, too, that you can look at. Um, one of my favorite um, uh, parts of the exhibit, just because I like these, quite frankly, it's my own personal uh, uh, opinion, is they have just, oh, just a whole host of the political signs that people carry around. You know, they call it... You know, beyond the ballot, making your uh, making your opinion known with your feet. So they've got all the all the signs from every uh, every imaginable political spec um, spectrum um, up there that you can see in in, in terms of uh, supporting this and supporting that. And then they, what what's neat is after you see the sign up there right in front of you, they've got a touch screen so you can touch that sign and you can find out this was the movement that it was associated with at this point in history and things like that. Um, just, I mean, you know, I could, I could go on forever. They've got, they've got things about voting machines. It's just really, uh, to, to, to someone who likes history and politics as much as I do, everything you can imagine that goes with the democratic process, they've got a little, a little catch there that, that I think will, will get your attention. That's great. We actually have a caller. Uh, we've got Charlie from Jackson. Hey, Charlie, welcome to the show. What's your comment? Yeah, I wanted to ask him if the exhibit addresses the lack of faith that uh, people seem to have in the uh, voting process, because I think that it has shown that, that they don't. I, I, I'm sorry, the lack of... Faith. It, it doesn't specifically address that, it, and it actually was kind of, it was kind of uh, interesting. Um, this exhi- and due to COVID, this exhibit took a, took a little hiatus. The, the exhibit itself is about four years old, and really, uh, when the guy from the Sasonian was talking to, about it, he was talking about, you know, there has really been a... a, a I don't want to say a sea change, but there's been a significant, um, a significant change, really, probably over the last several years. And it talks about different groups trying to um, encourage their people to go out and vote, but it doesn't talk specifically about the, the, the lack of faith in government. And hopefully, maybe it will. Hopefully, maybe it will let people um, realize how, if they participate, there, there doesn't need to be such a lack of faith in government. But it doesn't address that specifically. All right. Thank you, Charlie. That's, good. That's a good question and good call as well. And if you'd like to uh, join Charlie and call us, you can always give us a ring. We'd love to hear from you. 
uh, just give us a call. That would be good. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Yeah, I've got um, some of the dates, and I'll find them just a second. I, I moved. Oh, yeah. So you're going to have it for six weeks. It'll be at Heinz Community College in Utica from May 17th to June 28th. Then Northeast Mississippi Community College up in Boonville. So it heads up north from June 28th to August 16th. And then heads down south to Pascagoula at the Pascagoula High School Performing Arts Center from August uh, 16th to September 22nd. And then back to Kapaya Lincoln Community College in Natchez from September 22nd to November 15th. And then it finishes it up at the Catfish Row Museum in Vicksburg. Uh, from finishes out the year November 15th, 2022 to January 8th, 2023. So like you said, it does cover the state. Like I said, I think what really impresses me about what y'all did is y'all just threw all the extra programs in on top of it. So, and you added a local touch to it as well. Well, you know, and that was one of the, it was, uh, you put in an application to receive it and, and all the, all the venues are going to have programming that is specific to their community and to Mississippi you know the, the exhibit itself is obviously all of America, but but the um, each each venue that's received it has their own local programming that is going to be more specific to Mississippi and more specific to local communities. So if you so if, if you're in Vicksburg and you, and you go to see it there, you're going to see stuff that is really relevant to to, to folks there in, uh, in in Vicksburg and Pascagoula or wherever it may be. And you know we've we've had a lot of um, we've had a lot of uh, Zoom sessions where we um, where we sort of uh, you know. Brain, brain shoot together, and uh, all the programs really sound interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to go to some. I'll have seen the exhibit, but I'm really interested in seeing a lot of the programs that the other folks are putting on too, because they just sound so darn good. Is there any of them that you can tease? Because I don't have a list of them. So. Uh, I, I don't have a list of them in front of me, but I, I remember that one of the ones that, that was particularly was particularly interesting was um, how Vietnam veterans who were who were going to the community college, how they were young people. And one of the things it talks about is how the, 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 um, the, voting, the voting age changes during the Vietnam War because people were going to um, Vietnam, but they weren't able to vote for elections. So that's one of the, I know that's one of the programs that's going on and things like that. And each, each community is looking at, at, at the best way that they can do that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That, that was such a huge, pivotal change because suddenly when you're having to go to war, you suddenly get very engaged in what goes on with government. Right, right. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, this one program you've got, All Politics is Local, you've got your your mayor, um, Hattiesburg Mayor Toby Barker is going to be doing it. Toby, he's a pretty interesting guy. I mean, of course, he's, uh, you know, he's been working on the state level as, as a representative. Now he's been, he's done, I think, a pretty good job as mayor of Hattiesburg as well. So that should be a really good show. That's coming up. When is that one? It's coming oh, up yeah, soon. So that, that, was our, that was our grand opening. I'm, I'm the, I, oh, I, man. I, 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 I okay, my bad. And, and one of the things that was really interesting, that what I really liked that, that Toby did, he's been he's been incredibly successful. But it was it was kind of interesting. Um, he really gave me brass tacks. This is what you think when you when you have an election as a Mississippi politician. And it was it was really um, it was really you know down to the down to down to the um, you know con- consider your issue, consider your thing. Can you win this election? Can you not win this election? It was well attended, and I think people had a as Toby's been very successful, obviously. Um, as a politician, so it, it was it was well received. Well, like I said, you know, he followed up, um, you know, a popular mayor, and and but he he came in and crossed over, you know, racial and political lines, and was it because I mean I don't think there's such a thing as a Republican or Democrat pothole, um, but he managed to figure out how to get into every ward in every neighborhood and be able to do that. So, like I said, I wish I would have seen that one. That would have been he, a good program. 
he, he won. This is incredible. He won every precinct. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's just, like, yeah. This is unheard of. This is just unheard of. And and one of the things is that 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 you know, he, besides being an effective campaigner, he's simply a a really committed, effective leader. Yeah. Um So you know, you can't. It, it's just not all. You know, it, it's just not all the show. Uh, his commitment to the city and and what a great job he had done for us, I think, was why he. Uh, once overwhelmingly in re-election. Yeah, go figure. If you actually do something, people like you. Go. I mean, that, that, that's something. I mean, I'm writing that down. That's that's important. You you did show some movies too, and I, I love the movies. Uh, one of them was Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and the other was Lincoln, which are both you know great movies to see how our democracy works and sometimes doesn't work. Yeah, and and uh, folks should write down um, that on April 28th uh, coming up is a great political movie all the king's men of course we're not going to show the sean penn version we're going to show that broderick crawford the original version of all the king's men which shows a little bit maybe of of, of uh i don't want to say the, the the dark side but shows you uh the, the dangers of, of of populism if it's not kept in check by people yeah definitely on that that yes i think in these days that's kind of um a very important movie to watch as well. Some uh, some other things that you you think um, are in the exhibit that folks need need to see. Well, you know, one of the things, as I said, one of the things that uh, we sort of added to the exhibit permanently in, in one of our galleries is, you know, the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party, um, and it's somewhat similar to what's somewhat similar to the um, program that we're having on, on municipal elections. Um, you know. Basically, in 1964, um, uh, a committed biracial, uh, largely African-American, but biracial uh, group says, you know, it is just not representative of Mississippi to exclude people from the from the democratic process. So they have their own um, they have their own slate of, of, of delegates to the 1964 Democratic Convention, um, and, it, and it goes through uh, what they presented to the folks up there, and they've got. Then it grew into a, a, a movement that eventually got some folks elected across Mississippi. Um, also have just what we call, you know, Mississippi elections that runs the gamut of elections. Uh, we've got a uh, uh, illustration from a William Winter comic book when he was running for, oh, wow. for governor and things like that. Um, we've got and we've got stuff on both sides of the fence. We've got we've got uh, posters that talk about the states' rights party from from 1948. So I think we do a real thorough job in that gallery of really focusing on Mississippi and focusing really, again, I go, go back to Mississippi, excuse me, democracy is a journey. It is not a, it's not a stop on the map and how we've, through, through movement, have, have worked towards a more complete democracy. And, and obviously we need to continue on that journey forever. I interviewed um, Vernon Jr. and Dennis Damer and, um, you know, after talking to them, of course, there's that iconic photograph, too, after the house is burned and the Damer brothers are standing there with their military uniforms. And here they are literally fighting to protect the very rights that their dad was, you know, being denied of. And it just kind of just blows your mind uh, to, to see that. But, um, you know, when it, when you talk to people that really fought hard to give all Mississippians the right to be able to vote and have their voice heard and everything, that tends to make you get up on a voting day and go vote. You know, you you just don't like, you know, because I mean, I think a younger version of me probably would have skipped it now. But I realize because there has been so much of a struggle for people to vote that, you know what, I can get out of bed and actually go stand in line and go have my voice heard. You know, and that's that's actually one of the, the illustrations we have from in, in the Mississippi, the, the election thing are, are, are the tombstones of, of, of Medgar Evers and uh, Schumer and some of the others who, who literally, I mean, this is not this is not 
<laughs> so this is not um, hyperbola. They died, literally, yeah. literally died for people's right to vote. I mean, not 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 at all hyperbola. It's it's, it's simple fact. Yeah. Definitely on that. You know, I remember literally when I started, I guess I got here as a cartoonist in 96. And I remember drawing several cartoons about the motor voter issue, you know, and it was that was during the Fordyce administration. There was so much pushback against it to having, you know, making it easier for people to register to vote. I, I never have quite understood the whole purpose of trying to make it harder to vote, although I think I understand the, the reason, but still. So like I said, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing this exhibit just because it, uh, you know, kind of will help educate me a little bit on some of the questions I've had along the way. Yeah, that is one of the issues that they talk about is, is the push and pull of voter registration, the the, the idea of making it as universally uh, accessible as possible as while also uh, safeguarding safeguarding the vote. And it, again, that's one of those questions that doesn't have an answer. It's open for debate, and as long as you debate that um, as an idea with each other, it, it, it's never a bad idea for something to debate. You mentioned the Mississippi Humanity Councils. They they jumped in with support on as well, and you've just had some, some great supporters. Who are some of the other people that have helped uh, support this? Well, we, we were very fortunate in that, you know, the Humanities Council was sort of the lead organization for the state, and they, again, they want to make it very local, and they wanted to know who our local partners are. So we reached out to... Um, well, obviously, the Friends of the Library are so supportive of anything we do. I'm, I'm very lucky to have a supportive Friends of the Library group. Um, also, uh, the special collections at USM Library, particularly Jennifer Brannick, who's, who's the curator there, they, they basically curated our local uh, Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party exhibit and the Mississippi election thing. And, and also, the League of Women Voters and the Pine Belt and the Forest County NAACP have been such a big help. And they, they, we actually have some information about both of them. I can't believe I forgot that. We have information about both those groups in the exhibit hall as well, the League of Women Voters and the Forest County NAACP, because they have been, and more than have been, they continue to be organizations that work to get people to go out and vote, work to get out, go out and protect people's civil, civil rights. What kind of feedback have you gotten so far from the exhibit? You know, people really, people really, really enjoy it, and um, they enjoy the programming a lot. Um, you know, I, I, it's such a, it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a well put together exhibit, and I think it's such a, um, a thought provoking exhibit. I mean, some of the stuff, some of the stuff, you go, yeah, yeah, I knew that, and then some of the stuff is like, wow, I didn't know that, and I, that, that's one of the fun things uh, to me are, are seeing people, you know, not realizing certain, certain. One of the things they have, for example, um, one of the, the video kiosks has, you know. Um, Debates that went on at the time of the Constitution is like, is in this, uh, did this end up in the Constitution or did it not? And it's kind of fun to see people go like, gosh, I really don't quite remember that. So you push it one way or the other and learn about, you know, what was debated at the original Constitutional Convention and, and how things worked out. Well, it's time for our final break. And when we return, we're going to wrap up our conversation with Sean Farrell. And it's still time for you to join in the conversation so you can give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. It's 877-MPB-RING. That is 877-672-7464. Stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey at Mississippi Today. You know, today we've been talking with Sean Farrell, director of the Library of Hattiesburg, Petal and Forest County. they got a great new traveling exhibit. They've had some programs with it as well, but the exhibit's called Voices and Votes, Democracy and Act in America. Uh, it's not too late for you to join in the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. I'll throw that number out one more time. It's 877-MPB-RING. That is 877-672-7464. And we do actually have another caller. We have Nelson from Pontotoc. Hello, Nelson. Welcome to the show. What's your question or comment for Sean? Yeah, I just wanted to say that um, in most cases in Mississippi, the incumbents are going to win. There's no need to even bother voting. Uh, if you're in, you're going to win. And uh, so that's just the way it is, especially around this area. And, uh, you know, if you're one party, it's going to be that party. There's no need for the others to even go. All right. So that's my comment. All right. Thanks, Nelson. I appreciate that. So, Sean, obviously um, it's important for, you know, people to understand the voting process and so forth and to help fight the kind of cynicism that Nelson just exhibited. Well, you know, I and 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 I I like both men a lot, but I'm sure um, Mayor Dupree, former Mayor Dupree, would 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 be shocked to hear that an incumbent who lost an election would be shocked to hear hear Nelson's opinion. It's very easy to get cynical, and 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 I and I understand yeah. the, the 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 vast um, the vast advantages that incumbents have, and. If an incumbent, if if you want an incumbent out, you just need to redouble your efforts to work with similar people to to, to vote them out. And I understand, believe me, I understand the cynicism. I understand the the frustration. 100. percent I've I voted for many more losers than I have wins. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. In, in, in my day, but but he's he's simply factually incorrect when he says the incumbent always wins. Well, I mean, you know, you see things like redistricting and so forth, and sometimes you feel like the deck stack. But like said. There is, there are avenues and there are ways of being able to support somebody to be able to get them elected. And, and like you said, that was a very strong example right there. Yeah, and yeah, and then Mayor Debris been elected several times, so yeah. it, it come and still lose. Very popular guy, but no, didn't get, get didn't get the votes. Is there anything I'm missing on this? Like I said, I feel like that we've talked a lot about the sponsors. We've talked about when it is, and and how long does it run again till? We, we, we have we have it through May 14th, and then it'll okay. take a. The, the travel break, and then it'll, and then it'll go to Utica. It runs for, for for months throughout Mississippi. I just want to remind if you're if you're listening in Hattiesburg, we do have that. Um, we do have the program this Friday at six um, about the change in Hattiesburg municipal government. And then on May second at six o'clock, we've got uh, USM historian Rebecca Torrey who's going to talk about democracy in Mississippi. So we've we've still got two good programs left um, besides the exhibit itself, which we're going to have for the fourteenth. I really encourage people. I really I, again. They'll learn a lot, but it's just fun. It's it's just a very they, – they, they put it in a way that is very engaging as well. So it's it's not like you're going to be lectured to or anything like that. It's a very engaging, fun way to learn about something that's very, very important. And remember those programs, the 22nd and the, the May 2nd. Both very, very strong. Like you said, the topics are very important for where we are right now as a country as well. You know, Sean, I was just thinking about that. You know, if anybody's ever been to the Smithsonian, they just know how well their exhibits are put together. I think it's just great that they've done this. And let's let's talk library for a minute here in the, in the wrapping up moments of the show. Uh, we had a case here in, in the Ridgeland area where some parents got 
they had objections to a book and then the the politician the mayor stepped in and tried to to cut funding and so forth but i mean that's going on nationwide right now you're right there on ground zero of libraries and getting the information a little bit how how should libraries handle that type of concern when politicians or when parents or have concerns about particular books and so forth what what's the best way for a library to be able to handle that well, you know, and, 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 and Tanya did such a great job at, at y'all's library there in, in Madison County. Basically, you listen – when people are going to and, and have a right to challenge materials that are in the library. That's, that's certainly within their rights. Um, and, and you listen carefully. If, if there's a challenge to a material, which in, in that case I don't even think there's a, a challenge. I think it was more like we're going to cut it off without, without much discussion. You listen to a challenge um, and, and – um, but what, what you really librarians really need to realize is that it says public on the door, and, and you're serving the entire public. And while some people may have a a, a profound um, uh, disagreement with something like that, they simply don't have to check out the book and read it. And we need to be ever vigilant to the idea that you know, it goes right back to this voices and votes democracy in America. We're a incredibly diverse society and librarians need to protect the diversity of ideas they need to protect the diversity of literature they need to protect the diversity of information and I'll, and I'll say maybe more important than librarians doing that I hope people listening will support their libraries and other institutions when we protect that diversity because you know there, there's the, there, there's there's the great um, uh, uh, quote and I, I'm just gonna have to paraphrase it very poorly about the Holocaust you know, I didn't. I didn't speak out when they came for this group. I didn't speak out when they came for that group. I didn't speak out when they came for this group. And then when they came for me, there was no one left. There's nothing wrong with having strong objections to a material in the library, and I. And so, don't pick up that. Don't pick up that item. Don't use it. There's probably something there is. There's more in this library that I disagree with than I agree with. But that's that's the diversity of opinion. That's diversity of information that is core, not just to libraries, but to America. Well, it just sounds like from our conversations, and I, and I think about my favorite librarian, Judy, as a kid, that she knew me well enough that she helped point me toward the, the, the books that I needed and so forth. And that's kind of the way you view it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're, we're so diverse. Not every book is going to be for everybody. But don't take, don't take away the book that, that, that someone else very, very, very badly needs to, to, to make themselves a more, a more complete human being. In the final minute here, once again, just go ahead and just kind of go over the exhibit, where it, how long it's with you, and how folks can find out more information about it. Our, uh, our web address is hatlibraryhttlibrary.org. We have information on it there. It's going to be available from 9 to uh, 5.30 Monday through Thursday, 9 to 3.30 Friday and Saturday in the library. Walk in the front door, take a right, and come see it. Visit the Humanities Council if you're not going to be able to get to Hattiesburg by May 14th. It's going to be somewhere near you at some point in the future. Um, again, I uh, and and um, democracy is important, and 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 it's not a given. So please help please help learn about what's made our democracy and what we need to do to continue making it strong. And because an educated public is important for a strong democracy, thank you for your role in helping educate us. Uh, thank you.
Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And you're pretty good at this radio thing, too. You know, <laughs> it, it might be in the family or something. I don't know. Could be. Could be. It could be. Right. Sean, have a good one. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Java, thank you. This was a fun show today as well. Hey, we want to thank you for listening. And thanks our guest once again, Sean Farrell, Director of the Library of Hattiesburg, Petal, and Forest County for joining us today. If you'd like to hear this show again or any past episodes, you can listen to our podcast on your favorite podcast app or on our MPB Public Media app. Now You're Talking is a production of MPB Think Radio and is produced today by Java Chapman. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Josie Bidwell. And join us next week at 10. Actually, we're going to have a repeat next week. But join us for another great conversation here on MPB Think Radio. Y'all have a great week.